Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to another episode of Notes from the North. It's Sam here. Uh, this is episode 19 and, and this is exciting. We're just kind of getting to the end of this slow summer and we're moving into to some action, to some things happening here. Uh, I know looking forward here, we've I guess this is Monday, and and the rookies reported yesterday, July 25th, um, to the TCO Performance Center in Egan, uh, and we know the veterans will be arriving tomorrow, July 27th. Um, so this is exciting. There's there's things. It's been it's been a little slow. Been a little, um, it, not a whole lot's happening. I guess with with football in the sense of real concrete things to talk about. There's there is things happening. I know as we look around the NFC North, we've got drama over uh, with the Packers, and I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen there. I, I, I'm i optimistic. Um, I shouldn't say optimistic as cheer for the Vikings, but I, I feel like things will work themselves out uh, over over there. But but maybe there's going to be some news that, that happens shortly uh, with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers and now with uh, Devontae Adams. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. I know the the biggest Vikings news lately is D.D. Westbrook re-signing back with uh, the Vikings after uh, I guess second stint here. And and today with it's just me today. Uh, Kyle is on a, a well-deserved break. Um, we'll be coming back shortly, and we're just kind of getting geared up for the season. I know um, for new listeners. Um, for this off-season stuff, I know we've been talking a little bit. We did some top three lists. If, if you haven't gone and checked those out, be sure to to hop over to those past episodes. But with the summer and with the NFL and the way it works, sometimes there's not as much news that's happening, and so uh, we've been trying to take it easy. But we know that when the season starts back up, uh, we will be doing recaps Monday at, at noon of of every Vikings game that happens, and so we're uh, we're getting ready to really jump back into those things and and really getting looking forward to talking about uh some of this camp stuff and the training camp stuff that happens and um so yeah people are players are reporting um we know looking forward we've got the joint practice with the broncos that will be happening august 11th and 12th so lots of things to be talking about Um, but today what i wanted to do is just hop on and, and talk a little bit about the minnesota wild uh because um there has been a lot of things that are happening over there and Normally what I've been doing is an, an odds and ends section where we talk a little bit about the Minnesota Wild, uh, but I think it's fair to say before this week, they've been one of the most busy teams, uh, one of the teams that's got the most newsworthy action that's really been happening, and, and it's been quite interesting. I, I think one of the things that Kyle and I have really wanted to do is try to provide a positive spin on, on things. I know it feels like and just getting the sense and the vibe from Minnesota Vikings Twitter, uh, it feels like people are relatively positive. I, maybe that's just the people I surround myself with, uh, but I feel like people are relatively encouraged. And uh, the off season is just a time where we're kind of just guessing a little bit about what what we're looking forward to and what's happening. Uh, but I think with the things that have been happening with the Minnesota Wild in hockey. I think there's probably some people that are a little bit hesitant, a little bit scared about what's happening. And for sure, there's been some moves that I would question and maybe can't put my full support behind. But what I do want to do 
is try to try to look at some of the positives, some of the things of maybe this is why they did this. Maybe this is something to look forward to. Um, as we look at any kind of team and, and what's happening, uh, you can't really judge a team until they get to the regular season. I know with the NHL, uh, today's Monday, the, the free agency starts in a couple of days here. And so there's definitely some things that the Minnesota Wild are going to need to do, uh, addressing some holes that have been been made. But there's four, from my perspective, four big things that have happened. Uh, and so I just want to run through each of those things. And like I said, just provide a little bit of an optimistic viewpoint on that. Uh, I think the first, and, and in my opinion, the largest news that's come out of the, the Minnesota Wild is the buyout of Parise and Sutter. And uh, this was quite shocking. I, I, was, I was surprised. I think looking back, it was like, okay, this makes a little bit of sense. But in the moment when I saw this, this felt huge. And I think, honestly, with Parise, we talked a little bit at one point about uh, the conflict he had with the coach. And just you got a sense from the playoffs and how things were going. Um, and just his usage and, and ice time that this was a relationship that was going to be hard to fix. It, it felt like he was on his way out. And so when he was bought out, I felt like it, it made some sense. I wasn't su overly surprised that that happened. Uh, I think the bigger surprise was the fact that Ryan Suter got bought out as well. And I think that while Parise at his cap hit of 7.5 million was certainly, um, it was certainly a bad contract. Parise um, definitely was on his way out, but Suter was a little bit more surprising. I, I still don't think that he was worth the 7.5. I think that that was too much. Uh, these contracts, these 13 year contracts that they both signed together, um, they just, they never really, um, when you look back at the Minnesota Wild and what's happened, um, and just what they've done, been able to do, and, and any success they've been able to, to create. These, uh, these contracts just, they, they, these players weren't able to necessarily measure up to what, they, what they've done. And so Bill Guerin made the tough decision of buying them out. I, buyouts are, are tough because they now are impacted by these contracts. Um, they were both supposed to have four years left at the $7.538 million cap it. And now these contracts are on the books for, for eight years um, and, and to different extents. I know next year um, they both cost 2.37 against the, the cap, which is significantly lower than, than what was going to happen. Um, but now we've got up until 2028, 2029 season, these contracts are there. And, and in my opinion, I think that... Um, each year you can hold off on buying a contract. Uh, it really gives you two years because um, the, the buyout spans for an extra, um, for double of what the contract was left, what was, what was there. Um, but like I said, I, I do want to find some positives in this. Um, I think the main thing uh, that will lead into the next point is the idea of the expansion draft. Um, these were two players that with the way their contracts were set up, they were going to have to be protected unless they waived. And, and I do wonder if there were some conversations about them actually waiving uh, their no movement clauses and how those went. Um, it is a burden, especially in year three and four here at, at 
they they were only saving um, a few thousand dollars each uh, with with the buyouts. But I I do think that if you're looking for some positives, uh, the ability to protect the players that they did protect in the expansion draft, uh, it did make sense. Um, and I think that we always look at sports and sometimes we look at the numbers and especially in a, a cap uh, world and, and the way that the cap works, you feel a little bit hesitant about spending the money um, that you do and, and is this really a savings? Are they really in a good spot with what they've done? But I do think that there's also some culture, some off-ice stuff, whatever it may be. I think there's probably some hope that with the new TV deals that are signed, that the cap will go up and, and maybe it will be in effect in those year three and four when when they're really only saving a few thousand dollars. Um, and so there's some hope there. I, I do wonder what this season looks like, and they've definitely got some significant money to, to go in on some free agents. I think you always have to be careful in spending money in free agency, um, but I do feel like there, there are some options. Um, but I think that they, they were able to, to protect some players that I think are important to this team. They Matt Dumba's name has been floating around for, for years in terms of are they going to be able to keep him? Are they going to lose him? And uh, they ended up being able to keep him. Um, they are in a spot now where they've rid themselves of, of these two guys that were veterans on the team. And, and this is Bill Guerin has, has made a point of creating a new culture uh, in Minnesota. I also will say just another positive is that the fact that they're only uh, $833,000 each uh, on the cap for, for the final four years isn't that significant. Like I think that you look at it and like I said, it's an eight-year commitment now to these contracts, but but years five to eight, to have 1.5, 1.6, I guess it's 1.65 um, million dollars in dead cap space there it's not ideal it's not not uh what you would hope for but it isn't that significant so moving on from these guys when they did while i maybe don't fully see it being an ideal decision i do think uh the expansion draft was significant culture was significant um and now they have a clear picture of of what things look like moving forward and and they have some clear needs of of what's what they need to fill uh, in free agency in the coming days. Um, as I talked about, the expansion draft was uh, potentially a, a part of this decision-making. And and with the expansion draft, the Minnesota Wild end up losing um, Sousey here. And, and I think that that's, that's not an ideal loss. But what I would say is that, and looking at the positive again, losing him over Kokonen feels like a win. I know it's not ideal. Um, I know it's not necessarily what you would want. Um, so he's this big six foot five defenseman, especially losing Suter. It, it means that now you've got two holes on this team's defense. Um, but I do feel like out of the two, you probably would rather lose Sousey, at least from my opinion. I, I do feel like Kokonen, while he maybe didn't have the greatest season last year, he is uh, a, a big piece of their future, potentially, and, and you don't know how long Cam Talbot will be around. Uh, you need goalies, and to be able to have that, uh, that tandem come back, especially considering uh, how, I guess, how well they, they played. They weren't 
significant, but they were definitely above average, uh, the Minnesota Wild goaltending last year. And you really don't want goaltending that's going to hamper you or if it's a weakness that is absolutely killer for a team. So I, I do feel like that's that's good. And so I feel like while you, you don't want to lose, uh, so see you knew you are going to lose one of the two. I think the, the, the real positive thing is that Minnesota didn't give up additional assets to try to protect one of these two guys um, or to protect these two guys. The, the Seattle asking price, uh, this expansion team seemed to be quite high in terms of what people were asking for, what the team was asking for to protect a player. And so I feel like the idea of being able to realize, you know what, you're going to lose someone, not ideal, but this is just part of the process. Everyone's going to lose someone. And, and uh, I feel like they were able to keep a lot of their core, a lot of their important pieces that they've been building for quite some time now. I still think that they'll be able to fill in the holes around uh, those players that are left uh, and be able to ice a team that will hopefully compete for, for the playoffs again, uh, depending on what they do with, with this uh, with this cap space they ha- now have. And, and thinking about the cap space, I know one of the biggest, other biggest stories this offseason for the Minnesota Wild has been Kaprizov and not having a contract. I will say that as a, as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and watching as some of these star players have fought for deals and gone through all these negotiation tactics, I am not worried about Kaprizov going back to the KHL. Uh, it does sound like there have been rumors about that being a negotiation tactic. Other people have kind of doused that fire and, and been able to say, you know what, I don't think this is actually a concern. I think that they're going to be okay. Uh, these things are going to draw out... Uh, it could go all the way into training camp, but at the end of the day, I, th- day, I think they're going to get this done. I'm not worried about Kaprizov leaving, about him not signing. Uh, he is a significant piece. He's important. He knows that, um, and all the things that may come out, there's going to be. Uh, it, this may get ugly at some point, and this is just the way negotiations go. I know with Mitch Marner and with Toronto, they're talking about him going over. Um, to uh, to Europe and and potentially playing and uh, these things just it's just part of the process. Um, so I say that there's there's certainly hope for Kaprizov and and all it takes is for the two sides to realize okay enough enough for the games we're going to get this done. Um, I don't know exactly what you'd hope for and in some ways you kind of hope for an eight year deal, but at, I wouldn't be surprised if he signs somewhere around a six year deal and. Um, maybe it's around eight million per. Who knows? I, th- those are our predictions. That's what I would say. That's what I would guess. Uh, it seems significant for a player who's only played one game in the NHL, but he has enough of a track record in the KHL and and now in the NHL that I think that he uh, he is worth worth significant money and significant investment in terms of term. And uh, and if he comes in lower than that, then I think that that's that's a great deal and, and a great situation. Um, the last point, just in wrapping up, uh, was the NHL draft. Um, I do feel like looking at Minnesota that, that they actually had a pretty good draft. Um, I know that um, getting Jesper Wallstead at 20 feels like a big win. Um, they have Kakonen, they have Talbot. To add him to their, their goaltender ranks and to have him as a potential piece, uh, he's being compared to the names of these big uh, goalies that have been drafted in the past year with Spencer Knight and uh, Askarov and 
I think whenever you can add um, an elite goalie, it's it's always a risk going in the first round and, and doing that. But it feels like he is the smart goalie. He's he's described as by uh, by Corey Promen as a as a very smart goalie, um, a top prospect, and he projects as a quality starting goalie in the NHL if he develops well. Goalies are always a risk. There's always a potential that things could could fall off. But I think that it's worth the risk, uh, especially at 20, at, at pick number 20. Uh, they traded up from 22 to, to jump ahead of Edmonton, uh, swip, switching picks with Edmonton and, and jumping ahead of Boston. When there was conversations at different points of him coming in as a top 10 pick as a goalie, which is uh, quite rare. So I, I think that this is this is solid. And they also added uh, 26 Carson Lambos. And this is a guy who's struggled with some some injuries he, a year ago, looked like he was going to be uh, even higher pick in the first round. And with the injuries slipped a little bit, I think it's worth taking another, like I said, a risk on him. Um, he's a solid player. First pass defenseman, um, Promen describes him as, uh, as having good offensive zone vision and puck handling. Uh, there's a good article over in The Athletic by Promen regarding all this. And I do feel like um, they've got some defensemen that are, are here they've got Kalen Addison um, Damian Hunt and Ryan O'Rourke uh, all as these defensemen that are kind of waiting in the wings and while they may use free agency to address the defensive holes this year I do feel like they've got some pieces that are coming up uh, that that will be um, making a push for roster spots in the near future and, and add to to the the likes of Spurgeon um, and Dumba and Brodine so I think that overall I, I feel like while there's going to be some difficulties uh, and, and while there might be some opinions on maybe some poor decisions or questionable decisions, uh, I do think it's a, it's a good wait-and-see approach. Uh, I, I was going to say and, and mention that um, I don't, I'm not a, a draft expert, but just from what I've heard and, and even looking at what happened, I do feel like the picks that were made in the later rounds um, have been well-received by a lot of the draft people that I, I do follow and um, see. And, and I feel like uh, overall, I know they were given uh, a draft grade of B. Um, we're going to see. I, I think that they, they did a good job. So that uh, that will wrap up the, the, the coverage. I think that Kyle and I are definitely looking forward to coming at you um, next week and, and providing a little bit of an update on some of the things that have happened and we start looking at some of the battles that are here in, in training camp. Um, make sure to stop by the Vikings Gazette. Um, Kyle's got three training camp predictions, uh, and there's a lot of good things being written over there. I know uh, Cole, who was our guest in the last two episodes, has continued to put up quality articles uh, looking back at some of these Hall of Fame players, and uh, there's going to be a lot of, of writing that's going to be done and, and articles that are pumping out as we get ready for, for the start of the season. Um, so like I said, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, we we are kind of in a, a figuring out stage of how many episodes we're doing, which weeks we're doing them for for the month of August. Uh, but for sure, when the season starts, we're we're going to be back to every every Monday, providing an, uh, a recap of of the game, uh, getting down to to breaking down what's happening. And you know what, I I feel quite excited, quite uh, optimistic about where this Minnesota Vikings team is is going, and and I think that. Um, especially with the news and what's happening around them. I, uh, 
I feel like they're actually getting some recognition from from people even outside of the Minnesota Vikings organization and, and fan base of this being a, a quality team. So certainly excited about this, looking forward to them really bringing it uh, and we will see how it goes. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Um, and I think at this point we're just ready for games. I, I want to watch football. It's been a long time. It's been, it's been a long summer. And so looking forward to football starting, but, uh, for sure, check out the Vikings Gazette, be alert for, for what's happening and, and make sure to, to follow on, on Twitter too. And, um, all that good stuff. So we hope you have a good week. Hope you enjoy it. And we will talk with you next week. Thanks.